Today, Elijah White, retired VP from ExxonMobil, graduate of UNC Chapel Hill, godly father, faithful husband, righteous servant, man of God, generous friend, disciplined steward, and strategic planner. And now, producing from Wisdom's Pipeline. Now, when you were uh, working with the young men at First Met, one of the conversations that we often had with those young men was still a valuable character. Yeah. And, and even though these kids are looking at, because I, I look at the social media influencers as well, yeah. and anything that we do right now is starting to fall into that category, yeah. to be honest yeah. with you. But it still revolves around character and yeah. integrity because they are also growing up in council culture. Yep. So if your character and your level of integrity are low, then it doesn't matter how fast you rose, you can, this council culture can cut you out. Cut you down. Just as quick. It can. Just as quick. That's absolutely right. And So you still have to have character and integrity. You got to have character and integrity. And if we go back to the beginning of time, that, that's something that's never, that hasn't changed since the beginning of time and probably won't change. Uh, you know, I, I think there are a lot of people who turn a blind eye to things when you know when things are good but like you said when things get bad all of a sudden that stuff starts popping up people will overlook your faults in good times but you're going to know your real character when you need somebody's help yeah now one of the things that you said yesterday uh is this this idea the bible says work as unto the lord that yeah. means everything you put your hands on yeah. you act like the lord is your boss yeah. right yeah. now you also said this and i want to throw this back to you is everything is a learning opportunity yeah. let's let's talk about that give yeah. me some insight on what you mean by everything is a learning opportunity. well you, you know let's let's jump way to the top of the united states and let's talk about president of the united states right yeah. i tell people that there's nobody who's ever stepped in that job who is qualified for the job how can you be qualified there's no job that trains you to take over the biggest job in the land, if you exactly. And so the people that are successful are the ones that, number one, who surround themselves with the right people who are qualified to do individual pieces of that, and then collectively listens to the wisdom of those people to then lead our nation. And the presidents who have been successful have done that, and the ones who have not, have not done that. And I think that is true in every faucet of life. My wife even asked me a question this morning about being a leader. As a leader, are you expected to know everything? And it's just not humanly possible. Yeah. And that's why, you know, you have executive teams, the executive teams have their executive teams. I mean, it, it, it is a pyramid scheme all the way down because most of the knowledge of an organization is at the base level. There was one of our, our executives one time, he put together this, this demonstration and it was uh, uh, basically uh, uh, the analogy was a wedding cake. It was a huge wedding cake. And if you think about that bottom layer, that thing is huge. And then go up to the top, that smallest level at the top layer at the top where they have the, the bride and the groom sitting there. That's the smallest layer. And that's kind of the way it is. So all the knowledge is in the base. The weight of the organization is in the base. And then as you go up that pyramid, that person at the top has to understand the basic has to have a basic working knowledge of their corporation and be able to talk about it, but there's no way they can run that corporation uh, by themselves. And that's just a fact of life in terms of understanding how the machine works, if you will. And so now 
you know, the more I talk to people, so it gets back to that other C word, communication. I can be the smartest person in the world, but if I don't talk to anybody, nobody's gonna know I'm smart. <laughs> and the people who need my knowledge won't be able to get it. So communication is extremely important. And so that dynamic machine works by the base having the knowledge and communicating the, the important parts of it to the to the person at the top and the person at the top using that knowledge now to be able to do the job that we need them to do. And now, let me jump in here because uh, one of the things that you said um, when we chatted yesterday was this understanding that every assignment is a learning opportunity. And I wanted to, I wanted you to talk about that because there, there was a young man that I, I, I would talk to a, a couple of weeks back and he was like, man, I'm at this job and they give me these old dumb uh, assignments and it's not even challenging me. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Handle your business. Yeah. Uh, how, how many young people come in, Oof. don't like the assignment, don't feel like it's challenged, feel like it's beneath them. Yeah. They fluff over it and then the higher up say, see? Yeah. Well, it, it happens quite a bit. And, uh, and, and the good news is it is not restricted to a <laughs> an, an ethnicity a color yeah. or gender anything else it's all over the board that people feel that way and i remember one young man came in to see me many years ago because at that time when we brought new hires into our company we put them into what we call a new hire training program and there are many uh faucets of the business and so we have for you know for nine months i'm sorry for eight months they would go into one job and then they transfer to something else and then so they do three eight-month assignments and at the end of that two years now we says, okay, so let's look and see how they perform in each, where's a good place to start them. But at the end of the day, they're getting a broad, you know, experience base of that whole business. And so this, this guy had some previous experience in another company. When it was time for him to go into his production role, he came to me and says, I, I've done production before. I don't need to do that. I'm going to become a manager. And that's just slowing me down. And my ascending to the manager position. This is a guy who's been with the company for less than two years. And I told him, I said, well, first of all, if you are going to become a manager, I think that's going to accelerate your getting there by having these experiences earlier. I said, if you look at people from my generation, sometimes it might have taken us 10 plus years to be able to get some of the experiences that you're getting today. And we're fast tracking that. And uh, about a week later, the guy resigned and went to work for somebody else. Um, I thought about him probably in the last year or two, because that happened probably 15 plus, probably maybe 20 years ago. And I can't, I can't even find him on social media. I can't find him anywhere. So he's definitely not in the industry, but here's a guy who's going to become a manager. Uh, we've had other people who do the same thing. Uh, I look back at some of my experiences where people ask me to do something. And, you know, I'm trying to learn, but that has nothing to do with me trying to learn. My boss just gave me an assignment. That's what I'm going to go do. And I kept doing, that was my attitude. I, I don't know if you call that a servant attitude. I'm not sure what it was. The boss is giving me a job. My job is go do the best job that I can do at, at reaching those goals and objectives. And I remember one day, uh, you've heard of Rex Tillerson, I'm sure, right? Yeah. So I was a uh, division manager in our research company. And I had to give a presentation to Rex Tillerson. And I knew who Rex was. I didn't know him that well, but I knew who he was. And he obviously knew who I was. Um, but so when it was time for me to go give my presentation, I gave it. And then they asked me, normally when you finish presenting, you get up and leave, but they said, no, just go ahead and sit. You can listen to the next couple of ones, which was going to be a learning experience for me. They got to a, a subject that was very tricky for the company at that time. The company was involved in some lawsuits and things, and Rex wanted to have an update on that. And there were two presidents, a couple of VPs, and a few other folks in the room, and they all looked around and like, 
And I said, well, I don't know a whole lot about it. I said, and I, and I probably talked for 30, 45 seconds. It, you know, I don't know how long it was, but it was a pretty short, just giving, hey, here's what's going on. And everybody looked at me and they were in awe. They couldn't figure out how in the world would I know this. You want to know how I knew that? The way I knew that is, you know, I was a little nervous. I got to go talk to Rex today. When I get nervous, I like to walk and I like to talk to people. And I was walking down the hallway, looked in the guy's office. He was sitting there with his feet on the desk reading a book. And I said, hey, how's it going? He got nervous, put his book down. I said, no, 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 where I'm just walking around talking. I said, what are you working on? He was working on that very thing. So we talked for about five minutes and he gave me that update. So when we get in there, Rex asked this question. Now you can say it was luck. You can say it was the Lord. You can say it was all of the above. It wasn't because Elijah White was smart. It was because Elijah White was always asking questions. Hey, what's going on today? And I learned something from that young man that I guarantee you, at least for that couple of seconds or whatever, impressed Rex Tillerson. And that may have had something to do with me continuing to have a successful career. I can't swear to that, but you know, but again, to me, that's why I like to talk, I like to, talk to everybody because you're always learning and every new experience you have, you're gonna learn something. Now, what you may learn is, this is not what I want to do in life. And it may yeah. help you make some career decisions, <laughs> but you're still going to learn something. Now, I, I love that because uh, sometimes we think that learning only takes place up, you yep. know, uh, but sometimes it takes place down. Well, you I would know, you have it to take place down most of the time. That would be my argument. Yeah, there are people that are, are uh, that don't have the same title, maybe yeah. not even the same experience, yeah. but they're bringing something to the table. And a lot of times we cheat ourselves by not valuing people enough to engage them and being open enough to learn from them. Yeah. So I, I was uh, before uh, <laughs> before the Arab Spring happened. I was in Libya and I was talking to some of our employees over there. At a, you know, whenever you have the executives come over, they like for the employees to get together and just you know just have chat sessions. And we were talking about the whole mentoring. And there was an engineer because most of the people were very inexperienced young folks. But there was one engineer who had been there for I don't know or at least had been an engineer for a while. And he was telling me that there was nobody to mentor him. And I said, why is that? He said, well, all these people are very young people. I said, you're an engineer? He said, yeah. I said, well, most of these people are geology. How much do you know about geology? He said, well, I know nothing. I said, well, you don't think you can learn something from these geologists? He goes, well, I hadn't thought about it like that. And, and that just created a different dynamic in that office because they are very hierarchical in that, in that, at least in that country at that time, that he would never dare go to a, a junior person to seek advice. And all of a sudden now he realized, hey, this is to my advantage to do this. And sometimes it just takes, you know, having that conversation, but it also takes the willingness of that person to be able to say, you know what, I can learn something here. Let me go do it. Yeah. Now, let me, because uh, we got 10 minutes here, and I know I told you 60 minutes on the nose. Look here, we talked about this. Let's go back to this baseline, yeah. uh, because I think we can close out these last few minutes with this type of thought process. One of the things that we talked about yesterday was this next generation yeah. uh, and how they're coming after us. They're doing some things we never thought it, no, we, that we even would dare to do. Yeah. And part of why they can do that is because of the baseline that we've yeah. established. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about that baseline or what you even perceive from it. Yeah. You know, to me, <laughs> Baseline is a tough word because it can mean so many things, but I'm going to talk about my baseline. Number one is I can't tell you what to do when you get over, well, let's say 18, 21 years old. But up until that point, while you're living in my house, we're going to church every Sunday. Okay. Uh, we're going to school every day. We're going to graduate. You know, let's talk about just that, those, those things, what I'm going to call 
that minimum requirement of things that we're going to do. And what I'm really trying to do is to help you establish a baseline for yourself, because as you become an adult and you get your own family, you're going to have to establish your own baseline. But for somebody who's not had any kind of baseline, that's going to be extremely difficult. So again, it's yeah. a learning environment. Uh, you know, the proud thing for me is, you know, my, one of the kids go off and goes, hey, you know, I'm in a new city, in a new state. Hey, I found the church. That was one of the first things that they said to me. You know, I said, great, you know, tell me about the church, but you don't know how much I was beaming inside, you know, or, hey, dad, you know, can you know, I'm having some struggles at work today and they want to talk to me about it. You know, that means that they were listening to some of the things, but also it, it still means that they respect some of the things that you did you as a person. So to me, you, you're setting, you, you're, it's almost like, uh, have you ever shot a shotgun? No. Okay, well, if you hear about people with a shotgun, they call it a backstop. That backstop is your shoulder, basically. And if that gun doesn't have a backstop, it's hard for that, that cartridge to fire. And so what happens now is if you don't have that baseline of that backstop, it's hard for you to move forward. These young adults <laughs> have a different idea on how to make money, how to go about things. Uh, and part of what allows them to do that is that they have a safety net. Yeah, um, that's that backstop. <laughs> that's that backstop. It, yeah. it, it allows them to say, you know what? The chances that I'm going to make it to the other side are probably like 25%. Yeah. But yeah. because I do know that I have this safety net behind me, I'm going to take this journey. Yeah. What is it like to, or, or do you take pride in the fact that you've set such a foundation uh, that your kids can really make some decisions yeah. uh, that you would look and say, dog, I would never have done that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's part of the growth of, of these young folks. Again, the fact that we can be a backstop for them, I think it's really important. And the fact that we need to be a backstop for them because they're trying to spring forward, I think should make us very proud as parents. Now, if that backstop is there because guess what? Now we'll go back to, I wanna play video games 24 hours a day, or I wanna watch you know soap operas or whatever type deal, and I'm not trying to spring forward. That's a whole different conversation. But that, but that spring and trying to spring forward and looking back, smiling because they know we're back there to catch them if they fall. Uh, hey, I'll, I'll do that. If I had to start all over again, I'm not sure I'd do anything different when it comes to that because I'm so proud of their willingness to try to spring forward, even if it's something that we don't think they should be springing forward in. We think it. Yeah. I'm not sure you can make any money doing that. Like, you know, hey, I want you to be a doctor. No, I want to go to culinary school. Most dads go, well, can you make any money doing that? So we're thinking about the wrong thing when it comes to that. And that's the thing. I've never put any pressure on any of my kids about what you're going to do. Just make sure you're going to do something.